Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our CGI Experience podcasts. Today, we're going to be talking about conversational AI, which is the first in a number of uh, podcasts we're going to be doing on this topic as a, an area that is getting a lot of interest in and around our clients and the industry at the moment. Uh, we just quickly wanted to introduce myself. So I'm Adam Cabasi. I'm a vice president expert here in our London business unit. My role over the last 20 years in technology has really been a bit of a disruptor role, working across retail, e-commerce, logistics and supply chain, really trying to have a look at how we can use digital technologies to change the way that we engage and uh, enthuse our customers and our employees. Uh, and I get the great pleasure of moving that uh, story forward with leading our conversational AI practice here in the UK. I'm joined today by Cheryl Olebrand, who is one of our conversational AI designers. Cheryl, would you just like to say hello uh, to the audience and uh, introduce the session for today? Hello. So as Adam said, I'm Cheryl Olebrand, and I was lucky enough to join CGI recently and on this team. I would say that I've had a long time getting here. I've basically spent years of consulting and communication and working for a tech company. I got really excited about all the things we were going to be able to do when we were able to connect everything together. And after a couple of Internet of Things launches and the world's first 5G radio launch, I decided that I didn't just want to tell people how amazing things would be if we connected them. I wanted to actually design those experiences. And that's where I think that uh, voice and other means of communicating with the conversational AI comes into play. So I did my dissertation on designing for voice assistance, and now I'm at CGI trying to help customers. And so Adam, thank you for letting me give that big introduction on myself. And I want to ask you though, now we're supposed to have a conversation on conversational AI today, and I want to know why now? What's What's changed? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because um, I think, you know, you'll, you'll recognize conversational AI or, or conversation ran through a computer is not a new uh, technology improvement. In fact, if you go back through chatbot history, I think MIT created Elisa back in 1966. So, you know, we're talking 40, 50 years of generations of technology that have got us to this point. But why now? Why? What's changed that makes conversational AI a new conversation to be having and a new area of technology to be uh, advancing in? For me, I think it comes into two different areas. One is the technological advancement that's happening in and around conversational AI. And the other is a behavioral pattern that we're seeing within our communities, within our users, within our customers, within our families, right? In terms of the way that we are driving and using technology to change our lives. If we look at the, the sort of technological end first, Chatbots, as I say, are not new, but historically have been mainly focused on kind of FAQ experiences, ask a question, get a response. Uh, to truly move into what we're calling conversational AI, we really need to be driving value-driven outcomes within those conversations, so driving actions. And now we're at a time when that's possible, and that's possible due to a, a few different things. One, the explosion of the API economy, that means that systems are now more interconnectable than ever, and we're able to communicate with machine-to-machine -machine communication at ease. Two, um, things like uh, voice-to-text uh, recognition uh, now becoming uh, much more um, current and real and uh, tangible in terms of its way of being able to translate what somebody is saying into something meaningful, either in text form for a user or into computer uh, languages for a, for a machine to read. And thirdly, and most importantly, is the drive around machine learning and AI itself. 
the fact that we are now able to drive a contextual understanding within data flows, we're able to analyze that data and produce responses against it, means that we're able to create experiences that feel human, they feel real, and they have that value-driven outcome at the end of them. You know, Adam, I hear sorry. I hear you. Sorry, I hear you talking a lot about the technology here as an enabler, right? And what I'm wondering is, if the technology's there, how come when I talk to people about chatbots, or you know, or when I talk to people about conversational AI, they think about chatbots and they think about frustrating experiences? It's really interesting. I, I think the bit I was about to, to go on to was around the sort of a, the, the behavioral patterns, and I think you're right. I think a lot of historical uh, conversational uh, technology platforms have struggled a little bit because of the way they've been implemented. And I'll come back to that bit in a second. But I think there's also a behavioral change that we're seeing that that uh, means we also have to recognize people are trusting human comp- computer-aided automation more than they ever have before. And I think that's yeah. that's driven out of a need and a necessity to operate our lives differently. You know, I think with the rise of the internet uh, and then into the rise of mobile more recently, we've created, as is often talked about in marketing terms, the, the birth of the always on user. We're, we're now on our technology, using our technology 24 seven. And we don't simply have the time to mm. be waiting for a response from a machine or waiting for an action to, to, to happen or waiting for an outcome to happen from a, from a brand. We want things to happen instantly. And, and so I think, there's also that recognition that the the human in us is requiring um, systems to be more interoperable and more automated than ever. I think where you were mm-hmm. going was a slightly different challenge, which says, okay, we recognize the technology's there. And as we said, it's sort of 50, 60 years old in some of the technology that we're using. Um, we also recognize that this behavior is there. So how come we're not able to create experiences that really meet that marker? And why do people keep saying that there's a frustration in um, chatbots. I mean, I'd like to ask you the same mm. question back as a conversational designer, <laughs> but which I will do in a second, sure. but I suppose to give my, my two seconds on it, right? I think a lot of the conversations that we're seeing being designed and implemented at the moment are what I would call defensive uh, positions where in things like customer operations, we're using these kind of technologies to try and stop uh, our customers from reaching the contact center, reaching out to uh, us as a brand, as an organization to get their actions done because we are being swamped by customer requests. So the easiest thing to do is put a defensive channel in front of that, something like a chatbot, which can defer and deflect people away from the customer operation as opposed to um, delivering a value-driven outcome. Um, but I suppose, yeah, in the same respect, flipping that question around to you, what do you see as the challenges in terms of conversational design that people should be, maybe be aware of? And, and how do we make sure that we don't keep falling into that defensive trap of uh, designing um, positions that stop people from getting that outcome rather than uh, driving a a good experience. Yeah, I I do agree with you to some extent, that idea that attitude is everything, right? So if if you decide, okay, I don't want people to call me and maybe I can just block you from, from reaching me, then that's, that's going to be the way to solve the problem. But uh, that's also going to be the way to alienate your customers in a way, right? So I would say that uh, one of the things behind it is really thinking about how do we best serve our customers in a way that also meets our business needs. So we understand that customers aren't just calling us for the fun of it. Right, It's not fun to, to sit and wait in a phone queue forever. Um, what customers want to do is take care of things when they have the time to do it. 
um, that actually reminds me of one of the best things that I remembered learning during my research for my master's in human-computer interaction design was about B.J. Fogg's behavior model. He's a professor at Stanford, and basically he said that if there's going to be any sort of behavior enacted, then people have to have the motivation, the ability, and the prompt all at the same time. Those things have to coincide, so they have to understand why they have to make an action and most of the time i'd say i'd say we do and you know um but we don't always have the ability to do that at that moment and that's where i think conversational ai design can come in quite well by opening up systems making it um easier for people to go in when it's convenient for them right and not waiting for the the call center to be open um not waiting for the phone queue but enabling us to really scale the the, um, the 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 virtual agents so that it's ready whenever we are. And then of course, we also help deliver that prompt, right? So we can do things, we can do outbound messaging. We don't always have to wait for it to be reactive. So we can, we can let people know that, hey, you didn't pay your bill yet, or hey, your bill's coming up, or, you know, <laughs> uh, hey, we're missing this piece of information from you. And then instead of, making them fit that into their schedule and, and making more demands on them, we can go ahead and open that up and make it easy for them. So that is, that's one of the areas. Uh, another thing that we need to do is think about the way that we design these things in general, right? So um, a lot of times it's frustrating if you're calling in and you have to explain yourself and then you get transferred to someone else and you have to explain yourself and you're working so hard to make yourself understood uh, but we have the ability to if you're if you're already a customer to recognize you when you're coming in and isn't that one of the things that's the best experience you know if you have a coffee shop that you always go to they recognize you they know you're probably coming in for the same order that you come in for and they're able to speed that up and make it a nice pleasant experience for you not make you go through every single step that's required of everyone else who comes to the door and that's something that we're able to do with conversational AI we can you know make people feel seen and we can also help to understand them so if we know that they were meant to upload a document not only can we provide a nice easy channel for them to upload that and, and help talk them through it if they have any help, if they need any help with that. But we can also recognize that what, what they might need to do next as well. So providing that trusted contact, that advisor role, rather than just being this sort of forgetful chatbot that people get frustrated with um, talking to. I don't know. Um, do I feel like I've answered your question there a bit, you, Adam? Yeah, I, I, you've answered my question fully as ever, Cheryl. I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I, I think that's a very uh, good uh, rounded response um, to some of the things that we are seeing in terms of the, the challenges and the, and the opportunity to produce uh, you know, conversational AI experiences that, that really enthuse our, our customers. I would pick you up on one thing, though. You know, I, I completely mm -hmm. agree with your your viewpoint uh, around, um, you know, making sure that actions are tangible and, and meeting customers' needs. But you, you talked about it from mm -hmm. a point of view of particularly that kind of sales and marketing challenge, challenge, channel, mm -hmm. sorry, in terms of being able to understand when a customer wants to buy something and how they might want to purchase that from a, from a brand, um, which is often a path that we see 
uh, you know, our conversational AI project starting in, in, in terms of everyone, every brand wants to grow. And the biggest growth channel that you've got is the, the ability to sell more of your product, your solution. But conversational AI isn't just about sales and marketing, right? Can you think of any other areas of kind of business or operations where either you've seen a good experience or you see the opportunity for brands to expose further across that value chain, uh, you know, experiences that, that can be, um, you know, brought to life with conversational AI? Absolutely. I think that one of the most forgotten areas, and I think I think that the reason that it's forgotten is that a lot of companies aren't able to do it or, or don't specialize in it per se, um, is being able to enable your, not, not just your customers to, to take care of themselves, but helping to enable the people who work for you to take care of customers and to help uh, provide a bit of intelligence to automation. So uh, being able to really uh, tie together disparate systems, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that we do is we integrate systems, right? So being able to, in, instead of keeping everything siloed, uh, look for those cases where you can make it faster, easier for a an employee to go ahead and, and help a customer. But it is really about um, expanding that that sort of omni-channel experience that we always hear about, right? Uh, so thinking about where conversational design can help a customer, no matter what their touch point, help them no matter what part of the journey they're on. Uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily about making a sale. It's also about helping to, to get them from point A to point B to point C and, you know, ultimately their, their goals. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, we often talk about customer experience in, in marketing terms. I think we are now starting to really talk about total experience because you're absolutely right. Your, your internal user is as important to a business as your external user. And often these kind of automation projects, conversation AI projects, sometimes misconstrued as a as an as a uh, a way of being able to remove jobs or or remove people from the process i think we've got to be really clear that there's always a role for a for a person in that chain um because there's always going to be complex cases that can't be handled by by a bot by a machine this is about trying to reduce the the uh, the many not the few um and uh, if you can enlighten and delight your uh, internal users by creating experiences where they are able to interact with conversational frameworks as well, then you're absolutely right. You can reduce the reliance on multiple systems. You can get to actions quicker. You can ultimately uh, make it a nicer place and environment to work in, as well as giving your customers a good experience. And I think you're sort of starting to also tie into one of the challenges we see within implementation. A lot of uh, a lot of the projects that we've seen that have kind of gone awry are where people are saying to the conversational AI bot or sort of people are launching conversational AI bots that say, you know, ask me a question, I can help you with anything. Well, we all know that that's not true because even most of your customer operations teams can't help with anything. They can only help within whatever's designed within their workflows, within their work queues, whatever systems they have access to. So realistically, you want to start by building experiences that are tangible and known and, and explaining that through the bot. These are the things I can help you with. These are the things I can't help you with but also potentially looking at some of those internal projects first. If you can improve the internal supply chain, if you can automate steps within that, that environment, then exposing them to one of those customer channels, as you said, those omni-channel experiences is much, much easier. Um, and then when you think about the conversation AI platforms that we're now able to operate in, 
actually taking that omni-channel approach is a lot easier than it was traditionally. You know, uh, before, if you wanted to build a chatbot, you'd have to build that siloed from your IVR or from your internal workflow. And therefore, you're effectively creating three different experiences for the same actionable outcome, depending on which user was coming in or which channel was being engaged with. Whereas now with the conversation, I have platforms available to us across the market. We're able to create one, one experience, one workflow, one vision of a, of a conversation and then expose that to those different multi-channel or omni-channel touch points uh, at ease, um, therefore creating that unified total experience that we've been, we've been talking about. Yeah, and just to put that a little bit more concretely, right, it's, it's updating these databases and the systems right away rather than just building a service queue, right, helping to take the action directly. Or, or even to carry over between the, let's say, the virtual agent experience and the actual customer service representative, right? So that the customer service rep has the benefit of understanding what already went on in the conversation and then gets some aided prompts on what they might want to do with that customer so that they don't have to... to come up with it all themselves. I think one of the things that you hear a lot is, oh, hold on a second, my system's slow. And sometimes agents have to be logged into, let's say, four different systems at a time. So if you can tie those things together and help make it actionable directly with the help of the virtual assistant, even assisting the customer service agents, I think that it goes a long way toward making it something that's usable and useful for everyone involved, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. And and then exposing those channels to your customers is much, much easier once you've uh, embedded it with a bunch of users that you trust and, and know, which is your internal employees, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that we're doing here is driving data. So it's as well as driving a value-driven outcome for a user or a customer, we're also able to capture that information during the journey. And we're able to capture that information and analyze it in two different ways. One was the action completed or not completed? And if not completed, what what was the question that was being asked and what was the action that was unable to be completed, which will, will drive new experiences? The other is to look at the sentiment of the, of the customer throughout that journey as well. So we're able to have a real look at, was the customer delighted by the experience they had? Were they upset by the experience they had? Um, and, uh, and everything in between that. And I think they're really important to recognize that unlike in a human conversation where we rely on notes being taken or listening to recordings post-event to understand what's occurred, in real time, we're able to see where our customers, where our users are interacting with these uh, these conversational AI channels and then be able to reassess and reanalyze for making future improvement. And I think it's one of the things that's often forgotten in, in our conversational AI projects with, with customers is, is sort of thinking about the starting point is not the end point. The starting point is just the beginning of a longer journey to be able to provide exactly. more and more experiences to your customer and ultimately expose a better brand experience uh, at the end of it, right? Absolutely. And I think I got caught in my own trap there, right, of thinking, okay, what what is a project? The project doesn't come to an end when you deliver something. That's when the intelligence can come in, right? That's right. Uh, that, that the journey doesn't end at the end of at delivery. Brilliant. Well, with that, I think we're probably reaching a, a natural endpoint of our first uh, podcast. Cheryl, I can only say thank you for joining me today and uh, enthusing us all with your viewpoint. Uh, we will be running a few more of these over the next uh, few weeks and months. 
uh, focusing on some of the use cases across different industries, looking at some of the technology platforms and really unpacking some of the things that we've talked about today in terms of conversational design and uh, particularly focused on the machine learning and AI capabilities as well. So please do join us for some of those as they come through and uh, we look forward to seeing you at the next one. Thanks everyone.